This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Here's the staff to Riley's. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's throwing. Go to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown, Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, we're getting back to work. That includes your Edmonton Oilers back at practice today. Longer practice session than usual for sure. They started on the community rink, then moved over to the main ice of Rogers Place. No Andre Sekera, the Oilers' top defenseman this season, didn't skate today. He has an illness. We'll see if he's able to go tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Kings. Oilers and Kings on 6.30, Chad, tomorrow, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at seven o'clock. The Kings tonight ready to take on the Vancouver Canucks and LA has put Tyler Toffoli on injured reserve with a lower body injury. He'll be reevaluated in the new year. 20 points in 32 games so far for him. That's one of five games on the NHL schedule tonight. Already underway, the Leafs lead the Panthers 1-0 early in the second period. Austin Matthews has his 17th of the year. Hurricanes and Penguins are even 1-1 also early in the second period and with about six minutes left in the first First 1-1 between the Habs and the Lightning Flyers and Blues just getting underway. The Edmonton Oil Kings will play a home game tonight against Red Deer. The Rebels won in Red Deer last night, 3-0. Oil Kings general manager Randy Hanch will join us in the first hour of the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, remember you can always call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Jack Michaels coming up after 630. We're going to get to a really cool interview I did with Patrick Maroon after practice today, following up on the whole story with his son Anthony. Patrick did get to uh, spend time with Anthony here over over the Christmas break. Uh, Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Hope everybody had a great Christmas or whatever it is you uh, you celebrate or do at this time of year if you get some time off. Hope it was great. Kellen, good to see you, old boy. Hey, how are you? I, now, I know you have been very nobly and dedicatedly, if that's a word, hmm. uh, and we've talked about this before, I think, so I'm not embarrassing you or anything. No. You've been working really hard over, what, a couple of years to, to drop some weight, year or two? Yeah. And you've been what? You've lost like forty pounds or something, haven't you? Uh, like more closer to fifty now. Well, so. <laughs> probably since the last time I asked you. Yeah. Though we have a close working relationship, I don't check your weight every day. No. Uh, th- th- nor, nor should nor should you. That would be a little weird. <laughs> It'd be so. a little awkward, especially if I was like measuring your waist every day. <laughs> uh, now, Christmas, do you allow yourself to indulge, or, or do you say no, no, I got to keep it under control? Oh, you do. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's. I find it impossible not to. So all I do is just, you know indulge on the days I was going to indulge and I've been back at it you know since now you I guess yesterday it back you know again. So. give yourself a couple days to, oh, yeah. to gorge yeah. 
if we want to call it that. Uh, you know, eating aside, though, Kellen, hmm. and and I and I wonder if if people of a certain vintage uh, uh, listening tonight will will understand what I'm saying here. To me, a, a true sign that you've gone from childhood to adulthood is your reaction to getting socks as a Christmas gift. Yes, as a absolutely. child, you open the socks. And it's like, oh, great, socks. And your parents usually give them to you first. Mm-hmm. You get this soft package, and you're thinking to yourself, great, this is probably socks. Where's my video game cartridge? You open them up, you know, the classic three-pack of white socks. Right. And you're like, great, thanks, I got socks. Perfect. And then when your friends say, what did you get for Christmas? Everybody leaves out the socks. I, when you truly become an adult... You're th- and you open socks, you're like, thank God, socks. Yeah, I don't I, have to go shop for socks for myself. Somebody got me socks. And this year... Mm-hmm. I think I that was, changed, just by aside there, I think that change kind of happens with a lot of people when they start college or, you know, post-secondary studies or something. Or at some, at some point in your 20s, yeah. you probably exactly, start to yeah. appreciate and getting socks for yeah. Christmas. And Absolutely. I know for this year, this is pretty cool. And if people listen to this show at all, uh, I, I think they'll understand where I'm coming from. If you're new to Inside Sports... Uh, trust me, this is just who I am, my interests. I got a pair of Darth Vader socks and a pair of Spider-Man socks, and I've cool. already worn them. Nice. <laughs> it is uh, 610. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. As we roll along tonight, we'll do a little bit on uh, your top stories of 2016, if you want to text to 630-630. I know one of the great stories recently for the Edmonton Oilers was the uh, reaction, the Patrick Maroon interview after he scored in St. Louis. He did a TV interview with Gene Prince Bay after the game, and you saw him become quite emotional seeing his son Anthony react to scoring the goal. And I was talking to uh, Patrick Maroon today about getting to spend Christmas with Anthony in St. Louis. Yeah, it was great. Uh, obviously, scoring in St. Louis was pretty cool, watching them growing up my whole life and do it in front of my family and friends, and certainly my son was pretty special. Uh, I didn't see the video until the interview, so after I saw him, saw him, it kind of got really emotional because it's tough on me. Uh, this is probably the longest I'd gone without seeing him and throughout that, my NHL career, so um, it was just a special moment for me and him, and Christmas was amazing. Um, I know it's a short and sweet, but any chance I get to spend with my son and be a part of Christmas or any holiday or anything I have to do to get home, and I get the chance to see him play in a hockey tournament too. So, you know, all in all, it was a really special Christmas for me, him, and my family. What position is he? Uh, he plays everywhere. I mean, they, he's like a defense forward. Whenever they need him, he'll he'll do it. Uh, you know, he's he works really hard. I'm really proud of him. He's he's excelled in a lot of sports, not just hockey. He really loves basketball and soccer, and so I'm really proud of him as a dad, as a whole, and you know how he how he just interacts with everyone and how, how he's just enjoying himself. He's just enjoying life and playing hockey and playing other sports too. It's just not hockey. Has he? I know he's. He, was he seven? He's eight. He's eight. Has he taken after your willingness to uh, be a little rougher if he has to be? Has that shown yet? It shows a little bit, but he's just a little guy. He's a skinny little guy. Uh, He's got the angry side to him for sure. That's for sure. But um, he's more of a, he's a friendly kid and uh, he's not out there to, he's not, he's not really an angry. He's just more friendly and he enjoys it though. You can just see it. He enjoys it. His aspect of the game is scoring. When I, or that's not something I usually not had, but that's good for him. 
Well, you have scored, though. Uh, I think you're just one off tying your career high, which is pretty cool. So just to shift focus to that. And, and Patrick, the, the thing with you is I, I thought the two goals you scored on the road trip are indicative of how you can play. You had the one tip right in front of the net, but, I mean, you've also proven in your time in Edmonton you can shoot from medium range and score as well, like you did against San Jose. Yeah, you know, I'm just... My game, obviously, everyone knows it. I'm a big physical guy that protects pucks down low and just goes to the net. I mean, I really don't score the fancy goals from the outside, but, you know, I've been scoring a lot. So, you know, I've been working on my shot, and it's just been it's been good so far. So, you know, hopefully, you know, my linemates, I take all my credit to my linemates. They've been really good with me, and um, it's not just me doing it. It's my linemates helping me out, and finding some gel with them and creating an offense with them and creating second chances to get those get those goals. When you're playing with Leon, is it almost like, okay, I'm, I might not think I'm open, but he might see a passing play that no one else is seeing right now? Absolutely. Uh, Leon is a heck of a player. He sees the ice really well, and you just got to be ready, especially when I play with Connor. Those two, you just got to be ready, and when you get those opportunities, you can't miss them because you might not get that opportunity again. So, um, you know, I just got to keep finding ways to, you know, when I get those opportunities, I got to continue to bear down and capitalize on my chances because if you want to be a goal scorer in this league, you got to capitalize on your chances, and if you want to be in the top three lines, you get to play with top three centermen you have to score and you have to produce and just got to continue doing that and just playing hard though I got to keep playing hard and physical banging bodies and going to the net being an agitator out there and just trying to do everything I can that's a little bit from Patrick Maroon talked to him after the Oilers practice today so is uh, his son jumping into hockey and other sports that's uh, been a pretty cool story for the Oilers but Maroon what a contributor he's been. What was it, February 29th, last year's trading deadline? He came over from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I was off by one there. He did have a career-high 12 goals, not 11. He's already up to 10 this season. You might get 20 goals out of Patrick Maroon this season. And the thing about him is he's shown that you can put him on any line and he can help any line. He's been good with McDavid. He's, he's been pretty good with Dreisaitl. And the thing about Patrick Maroon, and Rob Brown says it better than anybody when he's on with us, and Rob Brown's going to be on between 7 and 7.30 tonight. It hurts to score goals in the NHL. The closer you go to the other team's net, the more likely you're going to get cross-checked, slashed, elbowed, whatever, and Patrick Maroon's willing to take up that space in front of the other net. Now, as I asked him in that interview, he can also score sometimes from medium range with a shot, but Todd McClellan knows what it's all about for Maroon to be successful. His primary work space should be in and around the blue paint and he does a lot of good work in there with quick hands and understanding uh, positioning and, and what might happen as far as the goaltender and D-man uh, defending him but um, I think he's got great hands and good vision from the tops of the circles in he also has the ability to either create or to finish um, so if his feet move and he has the ability to keep up and, and read the play and he's involved in it. Um, he's very dangerous in those areas. Alright, and he has been certainly so far for the Edmonton Oilers. A little more from Todd McClellan. An interesting clip from Matt Hendricks as well about the attitude of this team and how there's deal. I, I, mean, I think I maybe I, I'm overstating it to call it dealing with success because they're not even halfway through what is shaping up to be a decent season, but but, but at least dealing with some positivity. You'll hear from those when we get back. It's 616 Inside Sports on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Junior action today, uh, Sweden beat Switzerland 4-2, United States and Slovakia playing tonight, Canada and Latvia tomorrow. I wonder if uh, local kid Carter Hart will get the start in net or if they'll go back with Connor Ingram who shut out Slovakia, albeit a six-save shutout yesterday. Yes, Canada beat Slovakia 5-0. Slovakia had six shots on goal. Sam Cosentino will join us later on tonight to talk about the uh, World Junior Tournament. Another hockey note today, Artemi Panarin, the Chicago Blackhawks star, two-year extension worth $12 million. He leads the team with 37 points. He's 25. Of course, the uh, Rookie of the Year last year, an older rookie in the NHL. He will be an unrestricted free agent after the 18-19 season. Taylor Hall, the former Oiler, now with the New Jersey Devils. He is day-to-day with a lower body injury. He's out tomorrow against the Washington Capitals. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. The Oilers had that break back at practice today hosting the LA Kings tomorrow. Then a home game against Vancouver on New Year's Eve. That'll be fun. Then they hit the road for four, which will include another meeting with the Columbus Blue Jackets and all they've done lately is won their last 13 games in a row. You know, we've, we're kind of experiencing something here that I think you as Oilers fans have been wanting to experience for the last several years and something we've talked about a lot on shows like this one. Play meaningful games into January, February, March. The Oilers well positioned to do that. They're second in their division. They're 18-12-6. and six. Uh, They're 11th overall in the NHL. So in the top half, I, I mean, I think we're experiencing a season here for the Oilers where they're they're not an exceptional team. They're not a horrible team. They're one of those in that large clump of teams in the NHL that I think you could call average or maybe slightly above average at this point uh, as their record has gone along okay to this point in the season. As I've said before, there, I think to a lot of you this feels weird. And it's like, well, why are they so up and down? Well, more up than down. To get points in 24 of your 36 games, that's two-thirds of their games they've got at least a point out of, we're finally experiencing a normal sort of season. And I, and I think to fans, hopefully you feel interested, you feel maybe a little bit rewarded, maybe you feel a little bit of a sense of accomplishment for the team. What about head coach Todd McClellan? How does he feel? It's hard to talk about accomplishments right now because anybody, there's nobody satisfied. There's comparisons, our record now, to what it was last year, to two years ago, improvements in this area. Everybody's walking around and you know, and patting us on the back, but our group doesn't feel like that. Our group feels like we've got so much more to give and to do and to improve on uh, that maybe they're accepting the fact that two wins or stealing a, a point in San Jose isn't good enough anymore can't be satisfied with that and we're really stressing that the um, you know the, the the teams that come out of this stretch now and end up making the playoffs um, a lot of them understand what it's like and a lot of them get what the second half of the season's all about we're not recreating systems or anything like that it's polishing it up and doing it night after night better than the opposition and in my opinion this is a new we're entering a new territory right now for our group if we want to be one of those teams and uh, we'll see where it goes, but I'm glad that our group isn't uh, taking the accolades and, and sitting back with it. Well, and, and I think he's right, and 
I don't, I don't know if I want to call this encouraging because it really should just be normal, but it's a team that has struggled. Now, a lot of the guys on the team have not been here through the the guts of the playoff drought, if you want to call it that. There's a lot of guys on this team who have been here only a year or two. I mean, Cam Talbot, as an Edmonton Oiler, has missed the playoffs once, not five times, not ten times. Mark Letestu, as an Edmonton Oiler, has missed the playoffs once. Zach Cassian, as an Edmonton Oiler, has missed the playoffs once. Milan Lucic, as an Edmonton Oiler, has never missed the playoffs. It's his first year here. So it's not a, it's not a whole bunch of guys you know, trying to trying to shed that label. To them, it's something new. Uh, but Matt Hendricks has been here. You know, he's missed the playoffs a couple times as an Edmonton Oiler. Here are his thoughts on where the team is at. Uh, we got to be careful, you know, the words you're going to use because it's, it's a little bit of an accomplishment, you know, compared to where we were at this time last season. So we got to be, we have to be happy with that because there are goals throughout the season. It's not just start the season, end the season. We've got goals throughout the year. And, you know, this could be, this could be looked at as one of those where we're in good position after the Christmas break to be at have a playoff spot um, are there a lot of spots you know, areas to improve in our game for sure but um, I think we're I think we're happy where we are right now but we want to continue to get better we've got the right group in here we've got a, a committed group that's that's worried about the team worried about where we where we are in the standings more than other maybe personal accolades so um, you know it makes me smile more than our record right now knowing that everybody's saying the same things all right, so Matt Hendricks ready to rock and roll here with the Oilers going forward. Again, Andre Sekera did not practice with the Oilers today. He is ill. We will know uh, more about him tomorrow. We'll see if he takes the morning skate as the Oilers get ready to face the Los Angeles Kings. You can always text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Um, I, I think for the Oilers, it is... It is encouraging. Every game has been close. I think even though they were pretty... They were outplayed by a fairly wide margin through 40 minutes in San Jose. Still only down one nothing going to the third. Still able to respond. Still able to get a point. I think there are signs of this team becoming a good team. Will they be a Stanley Cup contender this season? Can they evolve into that over the next 40-plus games? Probably not. I still think there are some areas of the roster that need to be addressed, but I, I, I think we're moving towards the point where we're talking about addressing areas of the roster to make them a contender as t- opposed to just make them a team that can squeak into the playoffs. I do think they're a team that this year, at the very least, can squeak into the playoffs. We shall see. from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Yeah, Chelvin, very good season so far for the Oilers. Thanks for tuning in at 633. My name is Reed Wilkins. Oilers game tomorrow. Our coverage will start at 530 against the LA Kings. We have our uh, old buddy Chris from Phoenix on the open line. 780-496-0063. Chris, best of the holiday season to you, buddy. Hey, same to you. Hey, uh, from, from as much as I know about you, I'm surprised nobody got you uh, some Jeff Leopard socks. Uh, you guys have uh, some pretty tough uh, people up in uh, in Edmonton punching cougars in the in the head, man. Isn't that That's something? Crazy. Jeez. Uh, as far as as far as the Oilers, I hope that uh, Shirelli doesn't sit uh, pat for too long. Uh, we don't have too much time here with uh, with Connor McDavid's entry level contract. Uh, 
we got to take advantage of, uh, of these next couple or uh, year and a half or whatnot uh, of uh, him being on a bargain deal. Uh, we need some help on the back end, especially on the power play. Uh, I heard uh, a ridiculous stat where uh, Clefbaum and uh, Secker had a combined uh, total of like uh, under 10 points on the power play. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, so we need to, uh, if we can uh, upgrade, we need to upgrade. Uh, and uh, as far as uh, the team, it's great to see this team uh, actually in a playoff spot uh, after Christmas. But like I said, if we if we can improve, we need to improve because uh, there are some teams that are coming up uh, behind us, especially the the, uh, the team that's uh, south on the on the number two uh, Calgary, and uh, also uh, the Kings. I think are around us too. So we've got to keep pace with those teams and and also uh, Anaheim and uh, and San Jose. So great show. Hope you have a great uh, New Year and let's go there. Right on, Chris. Thanks for calling. He brought up an interesting stat there, and, and it is correct. The Oilers have only three defensemen who have a point on the power play. Andre Secker has five points, Oscar Kleffbaum has four, and Matthew Benning, who's been scratched the last few games, has, uh, how was I lost my place there, has one point on the power play. Now, here's the thing. I've, I've always, earlier in the season, I know a lot of people have said, we got to get a shot from the point, we got to get a shot from the point. But I think the Oilers' power play has proven it, it can be productive without a boomer from the point. So, I, I guess the question is, how much would you be willing to give up to get a booming shot from the point? Now, you're not going to get uh, Brent Burns coming here. Or, or anything like that. I mean, he's he's signed long-term with San Jose. So the Oilers' power play is improved. It has become more dangerous. It's been really good in the month of December. It is eighth in the NHL at 21.2%. Um, now, having said that, hey, if you can be first, why not? If you can be 25% instead of 21, why not? All fair. I, I just I, ju- I just think that the um, you, you know to identify that as as weakness number one on the team I, I don't know if to me I don't know if that's if that's the situation I mean if you can get an all-around defenseman who can also be a better power play quarterback okay fair enough but but I think that the team has proven that they can have a top 10 power play without having a guy who can fire away from the point. They got to get pucks to the net. They got to they got to set themselves up for deflections. They got to have smart guys on the power play and I think Latestu's intelligence has helped that and I think they got to have a net presence guy who can also make plays and I think Drysaitel has fit that role. So yes, fair enough. Do the Oilers lack an absolute bomb from the power play? I, I can't argue that. Um, but but I don't. I, I've never been one to sit there and and bemoan the fact that that's some deficiency that can't be maneuvered around. Because I think it can be. I really do think it can be. But I I, I understand that that'd be. I mean, and to me, I I think that's more of a want than a, than an absolute need. Because because I mean, look, let's face it. They have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as power play guys. It should be productive, and I know with this team, 
and I watch them practice, and I and I talk to guys on and off the record in the dressing room that there are other ways to get to the puck to the net and have have the de- defenders respect areas of the ice other than just having a guy who can fire from the line. It's it's an interesting debate, but that's how I come down on it. We have Dwayne on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, hey you know what? I am, uh, I'm happy we're not going to have a... And I'm hoping... Dwayne, you're cutting out. Are you still there? Yeah, hello. Yeah, you, Dwayne, you got to start over because you cut out a little bit there. Okay, I hope Shirelli doesn't sell the farm for uh, on trade deadline day. I uh, hope he stands pat and goes into free agency on July 1st. Guys are going to want to start coming here now. Let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves here, right? Well, I think you're right. I, I mean, I, I think Milan Lucic coming here was 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 already a, a sign of that. Now he had a pre-existing relationship with Shirelli that didn't hurt. It, it's going to be curious what Shirelli does in the next couple of months, because if, if he does if he does any moves at the trade deadline, I hope it's just a, like a tweak move, like uh, a depth player. Like don't don't get rid of uh, don't get rid of a lot of guys. Like don't get rid of anybody in the core because. You know, it's starting to work, and free agency on July 1st, there's going to be some good players come up. There always is. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he can pull something else off. I mean, the Maroon trade at the deadline last year, and I, and I had the interview with him in the first half half hour of the show, clearly has helped the team. Uh, I think, and we didn't really give up much for him either. No, they gave up Martin Gurnat. So, and I think he's playing overseas this year. So it's not yeah, as if so the Oilers if, lost an NHL prospect. Uh, if there's stuff like that, I mean, Shirelli is, you know, Shirelli pretty much stole Rask. I mean, if there's stuff like that out there, then great. Like in a defenseman, I know he's, you know, but and I don't want to trade anybody for the sake of trading anybody, you know, just for the the sake of a move in February. Yeah, and and again, how many big in-season trades do we see anymore? Right, like there there aren't many. I, I think Peter Shirelli knew a year ago at this time he might have to trade Taylor Hall or Jordan Eberle or Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I, I think he knew that a year ago, that that was probably going to be on the table, but he couldn't really do it until the summer, right? Yeah, you know, I, like even with the Hall trade, I, I wasn't offended by it because it's Connor's team, and, you know, it was Hall's team for a long time, and, you know, some change has got to happen. We got a decent defenseman out of it, so be it. But, you know. Dwayne, good to hear from you, buddy. Talk to you later. That is Dwayne, 7804960063. You can also text 63630. Uh, I mean, this texter just wrote in. He says, nothing's going to happen at the deadline. Drafted free agency is when 99% of the big deals are done. That's true. And, and I think part of it is the, the standings are always so tight. Uh, I mean, what would you say? There, there might be 
four or five teams that that already feel maybe not even that already feel like they're out of it. So no one wants to sell too soon, right? You always want to see can we stay in it? Can we get into the playoffs? And then once you're in the tournament, anything can happen. I mean, I, I, I got to say I love these debates with you guys more than already. Who are we going to draft on December 28th? Which guys from the World Junior Tournament are we going to draft? I mean, the, the Oilers were incredibly lucky to get the Connor McDavid lottery win. Leon Dreisaitl has clearly taken a big step forward this season. So it's a team on the uptick. But I, I, it's not a team that's at its peak. So I don't. So does Peter Shirelli pull the, 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 the trigger on a massive trade, on a significant trade, before the team it's at its peak? Because... Quite frankly, I don't see the team winning the Stanley Cup this year. I just don't think they're in that stage in their development. A couple of years from now, maybe it's different, and maybe we're talking about something. But if if this roster can get into the playoffs and maybe get some playoff experience, doesn't that give Shirelli more information on the current players to see how they performed in those tense situations? Because a lot of guys haven't been in that situation in the NHL, and certainly nobody has as an Oiler in a long time. And, and, and I think that's what last year was about. A lot of last year was about getting that information on players. That Shirelli looked at it and said, what do, I, what do I really need? What do I really need to address? And, you know, I, I think this team needs a couple of forwards that are more competitive, that can be consistently more competitive. I don't think you can ever have enough depth on defense. The backup goalie position is probably always going to be in flux. We, we have not seen a lot of Jonas Gustafsson, and we may not see a lot of Jonas Gustafsson the rest of the way. Um, but I, I think areas like that, sure, you you can question those, absolutely. But but to get back to the point about a, a, a booming shot from the point, I, I think that would be a luxury right now for the Oilers. And, and you know what? Maybe if they're at that point where it looks like, man, we're the sixth best team in the league, and if we get this guy, we're number one or number two, like we're top of the heap contender, maybe that's when you do it. I, I don't know if getting that guy now, given what you might have to give him, give up for it, is necessarily worth it. 645 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Just uh, a little more sad news here from the entertainment world. TMZ reporting that Debbie Reynolds has passed away, the uh, mother of actress Carrie Fisher, who obviously just passed away yesterday. Debbie Reynolds suffered a stroke at her son's home in Beverly Hills, and TMZ reporting that Debbie Reynolds dying at the age of 84. Quite a uh, tragic year for Celebrity deaths, uh, deaths, absolutely. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. In a couple of minutes, we're going to get to Edmonton Oil Kings General Manager Randy Hanch. He's uh, actually at the Max Tournament in Calgary, but his team's standing by to host the Red Deer Rebels tonight. Going to be interesting decisions for uh, Randy moving forward with uh, his roster as the Oil Kings are hanging around in a playoff position. Yakushev texting in. He goes, what about the Oilers acquiring Justin Schultz? 14 points in his last 17 games with Pittsburgh and another one tonight. You know, 
Rob Brown and I always felt Justin Schultz could be a second-pairing NHL defenseman who could help your power play. Uh, with the Oilers, he was often expected to be a top-pairing defenseman who had to be a dynamo on the power play. Just shows you right situation makes all the difference. This texture says, before worrying about deadline deals, let's see where the Oilers are after January when they play every second night all month and three back-to-backs as well. This team needs to be more consistent. I mean, that, that that's a totally fair comment. But but again, if, if the Oilers are, are an inconsistent team, so are, not, so are 19 to 24 other teams in the NHL, right? I mean... I mean, they're 11th overall, so that means there's 18 teams behind Edmonton, right? So, so the Oilers are in a pack of teams that have had some good runs, had had some had some poor runs. Fair comment. Let's see where they go in January. Um, they got two games left in December: L.A. and Vancouver. They should certainly be favored to beat the Vancouver Canucks. Then they go on a road trip. They've been good on the road, but they got to play the Columbus Blue Jackets back home for six. They play the Flames twice this month, so those are going to be key in determining uh, where they go. I, I'm just—I've I, I, reached the point where I'm confident enough that I don't think this team is going to spiral out of the playoff race. I'm not going to guarantee a playoff spot. I'm optimistic about a playoff spot more than I was at the start of the year. I just don't see them dramatically spiraling out of control where all of a sudden in six weeks you're like, oh, wow, they've only won three games in the last three six weeks. We got Mo on line one, 780-496-0063. Hello, Mo. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Uh, so we started off great, great start to the season, 7-1, 7-2, whatever it was, and then... Uh, Pretty much, I would say slumped or didn't play our best for for really 20, 20 some odd games. But uh, what pumps me up and what I'm uh, what I'm excited about is this team has yet to play as as you know basically all four lines going at once. Uh, it's either been Nuge and Drysital not going and Connor doing his thing as usual, or it's the fourth line going and nobody else doing anything. I'd like to see what this team does when everybody's pretty much going on all cylinders. So. Well, they went 7-2 and two in October, 5-8-2 and two in November, and they are 6-2-4 and four in December. So kind of a funny-looking record, but there is some value to those uh, overtime points if, if you're able to get some wins on either side of them. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Mo. You're right. Have they ever had everybody contributing? Not really. Um, now, my question back to you is, does a team ever have anybody, everybody contributing, or is the nature of a good team is that you have enough good players that you have some step up when others aren't going, right? That's, the, that's kind of the, not the counterpoint to that, but maybe another way to look at it. Yeah, no, no team uh, has all four lines going at once all the time, but uh, good teams that separate themselves, especially this time of year. I mean, we've, we've had... Uh, We've suffered. I've suffered, man. Like, I've got relatives in Calgary after every loss last year that would text me a little, hey, how you doing? How's life? Kind of deal, just to rub it in. And if somebody would have told me at the beginning of this year that at this time, this season, we'd be in this position, I would take it and run. So with that being said, uh, having what I think is 
is pretty much on the verge of being the best player in the league. And Connor, uh, to me, the biggest thing though is is Nugent Hopkins. I mean, Drysdale, I think he's, he's coming into his own. He's, he's to me the most valuable player over the last month for our team. Um, but if Nuge can really become Nuge again, then I think we're going to be pretty dangerous and, and hard to stop. So. Mo, good to hear from you. Thanks, man. That's Mo on the open line. A little more Oilers talk with Rob Brown after the 7 o'clock news, but I want to quickly bring in here the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings getting set to take on Red Deer. It is Randy Hanch. Randy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Reed. Yeah, good to talk to you again, and I know you guys are, are back at it with the home-and-home home here against Red Deer, and I know uh, I know the opener didn't go too well for you guys last night with the Rebels picking up a 3 nothing win, so uh, probably a little bit of uh, refocusing for the boys tonight, eh? Yeah, I know. Uh, you get that first game out of the way, and obviously we, I don't think as a group we were pleased at all, And uh, but it's done with, and uh, you move on and uh, get a chance to, for a little redemption tonight, and uh, I'm sure the guys will be ready. You know, you're sitting here with a record of 16-16-4. Uh, you're, you're in a playoff spot, and, you know, things are so cyclical in junior hockey. Uh, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one because uh, expectations can change throughout the season. But in terms of what you might have thought before the, from the beginning of the year, do you feel overachieved, underachieved, or, or maybe kind of comfortably where you thought you might be? Well, I, I think you always have expe- expectations. So, uh, you know, I, I think for where we're at, we're, uh, you know, pleased with some of the development of the younger guys and uh, along with uh, the returning players. Uh, everybody seemed to take, uh, for the most part, a positive step, and, which we needed and uh, which we were hoping for and, and has helped out. You know, the, the, the January 10th deadline is coming up, uh, trade deadline, where there, there sometimes are a lot of roster moves around the league, whether they involve you guys or not. Is it, it, I mean, is it important for you what happens over the next two weeks to decide whether you might be a buyer or a seller at a deadline, or how are you approaching some of those potential decisions? Well, I think kind of a combination there, Reed. It's uh, long-term and uh, short-term what we're looking at here with uh, with our group and you know, we're always analyzing where we're at and communicating on it. And it is a certainly an important stretch where you got home and home with uh, Red Deer and home and home with Calgary. Though obviously within your division, uh, those are crucial games. So uh, they're important, and we'll obviously keep on uh, you know analyzing and seeing where we're at after those. Yeah, uh, your 20-year-olds Bauer, Irving, and, and Robertson. Um, yeah, I mean, safe to say, pretty impressive seasons for those guys doing what 20-year-olds should do. Yeah, no, they've been a big part of our group, and uh, like I said, they've they've taken some uh, you know personal steps along with some team steps, and uh, they've helped uh, guide the way and uh, mentor a lot of our guys, and uh, they've been good for us both on and off the ice, and uh, which we're fortunate right now. All right, and so I guess I mean some those guys. They're, they're, they probably have abilities that might be desired by other teams. <laughs> fair, fair to say, I know you haven't made that decision yet, but uh, yeah. you know, and I know they've been very faithful members of the Kings. But clearly, they've they've put themselves in a good situation. Fair to say that. Yeah, no, there's obviously it's uh, uh, those three players along with a few others. You know, uh, you're always uh, taking calls and uh, and having calls yourself with uh, with other other general managers and other scouts regarding. Your players and their players, and they're obviously you know players that uh, uh, teams are looking at, along with a few others we have for sure. Yeah, for sure. Randy Hanch joining us, GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings here on Inside Sports, getting ready to play tonight against the Red Deer Rebels. But I know you're at the uh, Max 
tournament in Calgary, always uh, always a big one on the calendar. I mean, is this a do you get how much new information do you get out of players from this tournament, Randy? Well, it, it, it's a really good guideline for us. As an uh, example, like we have seven uh, players here this year, so. Uh, you get a chance to see where they're at. You know, there's some some of the players you see when they play their you know regular season, their regular uh, competition. But you know, now they get to be a bit of a variety. They're playing teams that they don't norm- normally play, and so it kind of gives you a guideline where they're at, what some of their proje- you know you, where you projected them at. Did they are they at that level, and where you project them down the road? So it's it's, it's really beneficial, and you, you not just for our players, but. Uh, looking at the other listed players from other teams and uh, free agents. So it, it's a good tournament for us, for sure. All right. And, Rand, before I let you go, I, I, I should ask, because uh, I know when I've when I've seen you just at uh, Roger's place, I kind of joke with you, How, how's the rink working out? Do you think you have an adequate WHL <laughs> locker room? Uh, is, it, is it still a bit of a pinch-me moment for you and some of the players having those kind of facilities in the dub? Well, yeah. It, it, again, it's a, it's a special place, and we're fortunate and uh uh, I know our players are respectful uh, to have the opportunity there as we are to work there. So uh, it's 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 a pretty special place, and it's like even just I was talking to a couple of you know former Edmontonians that uh, live here or, or along with Saskatchewan, and they're just asking about the rink and talking about it. So uh, it, it's obviously it's a special barn, and we're fortunate to be part of it. All right. Well, enjoy watching the Max, and of course, all the best with the Oil Kings here the rest of the way. I know we'll talk again soon. Really appreciate your time. Sounds good, Reed. Thank you. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.